Hello, and welcome to another bonus mini-episode of The Smashing Pumpcast. I'm Frank. Pat, unfortunately, will not be popping in today, but will return for future eps soon. Again, these uh, bonus mini-episodes are to fill time between our bi-weekly episode releases and gives us a chance to read some listener feedback, corrections to past episodes, and also a preview of next week's episode, as well as some other odds and ends for your precious little pumpkin ears. Uh, First off... Hope you're all doing well in this pandemic. Uh, I unfortunately am dealing with a sinus infection, so hopefully this uh, recording won't sound disgusting. I know that some people are getting antsy and stir crazy, but hopefully people are still being smart so we can get on the other side sooner than later. Also, shout out to you moms out there listening. Hopefully you had a great Mother's Day. Anyway, we've been getting a lot of great feedback about the podcast since we started, and we really appreciate everyone who has listened and rated us and reviewed us on iTunes. It means a lot to us that other Pumpkins fans are digging the show. So thank you. Hopefully you continue to dig the episodes we put out. On that topic, if you happen to dig the format of these podcasts, um, we wanted to recommend some other great music podcasts you can check out. Of course, we'd be rude not to mention another Pumpkins-related podcast, and that would be SPA to Z. They're taking on the insane task of reviewing every Pumpkin song or Billy Corgan-related song A to Z, minus the covers. Uh, What we lack in encyclopedic Pumpkins knowledge, these guys got it covered. Uh, They're great dudes who put in the work, and I highly recommend it if you want to dive in deep song by song. You can also check out the podcast. This particular album is very, very important to me. Our friends Deborah and Joel host it. It's got a celebrity guest talking about albums that mean a lot to them. Check out Dig Me Out. Uh, it's a podcast where they review 90s obscure to commercial Indian alt albums. It's really cool, and I discovered a lot of stuff that I completely missed in the 90s, uh, so I highly recommend that. Dig me out. Um, you can also take a listen to, so if you are into specific bands, these are the ones that I listen to that I like to listen to on a weekly basis. Uh, if you're a fan of Pearl Jam, then I highly recommend Single Podcast Theory. They go deep into the band and everything related, and uh, it's really great. Um, Then there's also my buddy Matt hosts one called What's With These Homies Talking About Weezer. And of course, that's about Weezer, and he talks about all the albums. He has guests on to talk about those albums as well. Uh, If you are a Nine Inch Nails fan, I would recommend Pod Like a Hole. And uh, this, once they covered all the Nine Inch Nails albums and EPs, they then changed the focus to be about David Bowie. So right now they're going through the David Bowie catalog. It's really cool. They're uh, cool and funny dudes. I highly recommend it. And if you are a uh, Metallica fan, then I recommend Metal Up Your Podcast. Excellent Metallica podcast with a lot of uh, great interviews with uh, people in the Metallica camp and whatnot. Uh, they're really great guys. I highly recommend it. And then, of course, You Talking You Two to Me and Are You Talking R.E.M. R.E. Me, hosted by Adam Scott of Parks and Rec and Scott Ackerman of Comedy Bang Bang. It's a great comedy and music podcast. So, yeah, just check out those podcasts if you have the time. Something tells me that you probably do right now. Um, but if you dig the way that we do our show, then uh, you'll really dig those shows as well. All right, and now it's time for some listener feedback. Once again, you can hit us up on the socials at Twitter at Pumpkins Podcast, or you can hit us up on Instagram at Smashing Pumpcast, that's Caspel K-S-T, or you can email us directly at the Smashing Pumpcast, Caspel K-S-T, at gmail.com. 
you can hear my toddler in the background. There you go. See, that's what happens when uh, I have to record from home and I lock myself in the back bedroom and, uh, well, it's, it's just not quiet. Occasionally you're going to hear my daughter in the background as well as uh, our two cats. We got an email from Kim Roses and I'm going to read this email to you right now. She says, hey guys, I've been a Pumpkins fan since I was 11 years old. I saw the video for Tonight Tonight on MTV and that was it. Being an SP fan has been a part of my identity for most of my life. But enough about me. Last year after Billy announced his European solo tour, I somehow decided it was a good idea to buy tickets to the Hamburg, Germany date. For reference, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. My husband and I have friends in Hamburg and made the concert an excuse to visit them and have an adventure. I'll fully admit that I have traveled far and often in the last four years for Smashing Pumpkins and Billy solo shows, and a lot of that is my effort to make up for the many shows I never got to see because I couldn't afford them. It's a privilege I'm fully aware of now. I think I've been to 17 to 18 shows, SP Zwan, WPC shows, and all but three were in the last four years. I only saw SP once pre-breakup during the Machina era. Two days before the Germany date, I see that Billy's account is hosting a scavenger hunt and the winner gets tickets to the sold-out date in Hamburg, a Yamaha guitar and a meet-and-greet with Billy. Fans know that true meet-and-greets are very rare, especially as of late. I knew that I would win this. I just knew I would and I had to. I met Billy when I was 15 at a machina signing and lost my fucking mind to the point where he pity-hugged me. I've carried my Teenage Beatles reaction to seeing him in person as both my deepest regret and most cherished memory. I needed to prove I was a mature adult woman who could meet her lifelong hero and be cool. This was my mission. My good friend Carl is competitive. We actually call him Competitive Carl. He was a perfect partner for a citywide scavenger hunt. We didn't know what the format would be, where it would begin or end, or even how long it would take. Carl had a hunch about the location, so after the first clue, we were already quite close to where we needed to be. The clues were tweeted from Billy's Twitter by reps, and they were in German. I do not speak German, but Carl translated and we worked together to solve each clue. Without a long play-by-play, -play, I'll say that we did in fact win, and Carl spotted the final clue that guaranteed a meet and greet with Billy fucking Corgan. Carl, not a fan, was happy with the guitar as his prize, and I got to bring my husband to the meet and greet which took place before the show the next day. Doug, the tour manager who hardcore fans know by sight, brought my husband and I backstage and there was Billy, a giant in stature and influence to me. I was somehow completely calm for this meeting. Over the years, I've come to see Billy as a human, not God, and as a flawed but beautiful, talented man whose work has changed my life for the better. In a complete 180 from our first meeting, I was actually too normal and ended up discussing a taco party we had at my house and wrestling, of which I am not a fan. Hilariously, we panic bought a few vinyls locally to ask to get signed but didn't man up. Instead, but better, Doug suggested we get a photo. Pictures with Billy are rare, and I'm sure in any other format, I'd never dream of even hinting with my eyes I wanted a photo with him. But Doug was the man, and made it happen for me. Billy was warm and kind. I didn't get a hug this time, but I know how germaphobic he is and kept a respectable space. Maybe more than I needed. I was terrified to give him a reason to be upset with me as a disrespectful fan and just wanted to show how chill and normal I was. I realized after how I didn't even say thanks for the music and was like, what the hell, Kim? You talked about tacos. What is wrong with you? But hey, I didn't have a panic attack in Snot City. Most amazing of all, Doug let us hang in the venue until the show. I'd been in line all day for front row, so I wasn't stealing a spot from anyone by getting in early. 
But what my husband and I did get was essentially a private concert before the show and it was unforgettable. Doug couldn't believe we flew in from the US for just that one concert, so I think he was really trying to make this amazing for us, and he really did. I saw Doug again at NYC a few months ago. I have to imagine I'm not the only fan he can place as having seen on two continents. He might actually be my favorite pumpkin. Don't tell Billy. Just kidding. My fave is Jeff. I look back at the first time I met Billy for 30 seconds as a 15-year-old fan infatuated with the music icon and know it could have gone another way. He could have said nothing, let me slide by with my now-lost signed CD, and moved on, or worse. Instead, he saw a little girl so moved by meeting him that she was reduced to a very pathetic state and he motioned for a hug despite the huge guards trying to prevent it. Had he been rude, I may have decided to hate him and the band. Given up, moved on. Instead, they've been an omnipresent part of my life. I credit their music with so much. My life for one, as any dramatic teen would say. But for my current career in graphics and websites, I learned Photoshop just to make Smashing Pumpkins gifts. I learned HTML for my little fan page in high school. It turned into my career that pays well enough to jet to Europe just to see the band play. So that's my SP novel. I'm gutted that the tour has been canceled and who knows if October will happen. I've been coping with quarantine and some other things by throwing myself back into familiar territory, making SP gifts. Really, if you search the Instagram story gift library for Smashing Pumpkins, all but nine of those gifts I made. I've also made a few ARIG filters about the band that are a fun waste of time for me and other fans. Looking forward to listening to more episodes. Kim. So uh, thank you, Kim, for reaching out to us. I know I said gifts when it's technically gifs, but whatever. I like saying gifts. Um, she also included some pictures from that day uh, that we will throw up on our socials. You can see there after this episode is released. So thank you for reaching out to us via email, Kim. Uh, we got a message on Instagram from an Ashley Gentry. She says, listening to your show now, I'm a huge fan for 25 plus years and saw a melancholy tour post Jimmy and Jonathan incident. Billy winked and waved to me. I was in the front row and 14 years old. I have a huge collection of Smashing Pumpkins merch, including all their albums, even Billy's newest album signed by him. I'm also a Sad Machine, which is an elite group of Pumpkins fans dedicated to all SP. You'll notice Billy wearing SM shirts too. I love the Smashing Pumpkins. I've seen them live five times, once in 1996, 2000, and three times in 2018, including driving to LA for the Kimmel Show experience. My late mother had stage four breast cancer, and if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have started listening to them because she bought me my first double cassette of Melancholy. You guys sound great, by the way. Well, thanks for sending that message, Ashley. We really appreciate that. And um, yeah, I had heard about Sad Machines before, uh, so it was cool that one of their members reached out to us. And I saw on Twitter um, that, uh, and also Billy's Q&A from Instagram, that one of their members is six months sober. So congratulations to that member. I know how hard it is to kick that addiction. So congratulations to you and hopefully to uh, many, many more months and years and decades sober to you. Our next message is from Eric from Winnipeg. Hey, just wanted to say I love the podcast you guys put out and really looking forward to the next ep. A bit of my story as a fan of the band. I'm 25, but back when I was 13, I was hit with a wave of 90s band through my friend as we were first discovering music. I was super into Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Red Hot Chili Peppers, etc., except Smashing Pumpkins. 
Me and my friend wrote them off because all we were exposed to at that point, even though we had Google, was Ava Adore, which isn't super easy to get into when you're first getting into the band. Then, one day late at night in my parents' basement, we came across the video for Rhinoceros, and that led us discovering Gish, Siamese Dream, Pisces Iscariot, and Melancholy. Ever since, I've been hooked. As a guy from Winnipeg, Canada, I have a weird attachment to Duluth, Minnesota and associating it with the pumpkins. It was the first time I listened to Gish all the way through, and I distinctly remember buying Siamese Dream from a Best Buy there and listening to it in the parking lot in my dad's van before we headed back home to Canada. The band is still a part of my life. I still reminisce about being a teenager and truly discovering them for the first time. I can't wait for my daughter to have that moment as well. Eric from Winnipeg. Well, thanks for reaching out. And I, uh, yeah, I, I have a daughter myself and I've been sharing the music of the pumpkins with her. It's always been on in the house and luckily she enjoys it. It's pretty cool uh, to share it with a new generation. It's really awesome. So thank you for reaching out, Eric. Um, Instagram user Sunflora, that's S-U-N-F-L-A-U-R-A, reached out to us and sent us some so letters that she sent to the band and to Billy a while back. I know in one of the episodes I mentioned a very embarrassing letter I tried to send to the band uh, that, that I don't know if they got or not, but um, she sent a few to us and also some artwork that she made uh, of the band, and we'll post that to the socials as well. So thank you for sending that, Sunflora. Or is it Sunflower? It's a play on Sunflower, but with Laura. Anyway. Some uh, other feedback we got from fans. Last episode, we talked about how uh, Billy told the story of Rick Rubin coming to him, asking him if he'd submit a pumpkin song for Johnny Cash to sing, and Billy declined. Uh, it's such a bummer of a story just thinking about all the songs or what songs Johnny Cash could have covered. Um, but on the socials, a few people reached out to us. Um, Johan Javier on Twitter wrote to us, uh, my vote for Corgan to cash cover is I. You can just hear Cash's voice singing, turn to the gates of heaven to myself be damned. Hmm. Turn to the gates of heaven to myself be damned. That's my poor attempt, but that's what it would have sounded like. Uh, Justin Reeves on Instagram says, great cash cover, acoustic rocket, can you imagine that first line of Johnny with a weathered, scratchy voice singing, bleed in your own light? Oh, no, let's try it out. Bleed in your own light. Nope, I'm not going to do that again. Anyway, Hugh McMinn says, uh, R.E. Johnny Cash, God arranged in the style of his Bitter Tears album from 1965. So uh, I know last time I joked that God would not be a good cover, but man, you know what? I take it back. Uh, you make a good, you make a good point there, Hugh. Um, and then he followed it up by saying, "Actually, my wife informs me that I'm wrong. It's Galapagos. Can you imagine him singing, "Should I Fall from Grace Here with You" to June?" And I'm not going to do the impression, but yeah, I could imagine that. That's another great uh, suggestion. So if you want to hit us up on the socials with your recommendation of what you think would have been a great pumpkin song for Johnny Cash to cover, hit us up because we'd like to know. And maybe I'll work on my impression so it sounds a little bit better. <laughs> So yeah, that's all the listener feedback we had. Again, you can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram or just email us at our email address and uh, maybe we'll, maybe, that's a keyword, maybe we'll feature you on a future bonus mini episode. Also, if you want to, you can record yourself on your iPhone and just send us that recording of you telling us the story that you want to share. Uh, however, try to keep it brief, three to five minutes. We want to make sure that we're 
being fair to other listeners so that they can share their stories as well. And also, we want to keep these episodes as brief as possible. Leave them wanting more. Never leave them uh, tired of you, is what we say. Uh, what we say. Yeah, that's something that Pat and I always say. Anyway, uh, so that was the listener feedback. All right, now it's time for My Mistake. This is the portion of the show where we go back and correct any mistakes that we made that either we caught or that you, the listener, caught. So the first one comes from uh, Instagram user the.bkw. He says, hey, guys, first off, I love the show. I was listening to the latest episode of the show and noticed you mentioned Cotillions being recorded by Rick. He means Rick Rubin. But it was WPC and longtime engineer producer Howard Willing in Nashville. God damn it, I can't believe it. Yep, you know what? That was, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm really, I'm really embarrassed by that. Uh, Pat and I are very embarrassed by that. There's a lot about that episode that with time we kind of look back on being like, oh, if only, you know, if only we had more time with the the solo albums. Uh, it's it's in our bones now and we, we love them and we wish we had that perspective then. But at that time of recording, we just didn't. And um, we didn't prepare for episodes quite like we do now. Um, we didn't have the luxury of SPFC.org, uh, but that is just a dumb, simple mistake. Just look on the album, dummy. Look on the album, dummy. You idiot. Could have seen that. <laughs> Rick Rubin didn't produce fucking cotillions. Uh, anyway, but thank you for pointing it out the .bkw. I'm sure a lot of other people listening were just screaming at their phones or whatever they listen on, just being like, you idiots. You call yourself a fan. And you know what? They'd be right. They verbally can kick my ass. Um, something we mentioned about uh, how the pumpkins got lumped into the whole Seattle scene. And I mentioned because Cameron Crowe put them on the single soundtrack. And uh, maybe this isn't a, a correction, but more of a fun fact that uh, Cameron Crowe was looking for bands to put on the soundtrack. And Chris Cornell of Soundgarden was the one who uh, pitched the idea to Cameron Crowe to put the pumpkins on the album, which I thought was really cool. Cause I know later on they didn't have the best relationship, which sucks, but uh, it's really cool at that time that they were friendly enough and had played shows together that he thought, you know what, Cameron, you got to put this band on this album. Also I uh, just wanted to mention that uh, we had thanked a lot of the YouTube users that we got the audio from the show from. And uh one thing I should have just checked because I knew about its existence was archive.org because they have all the shows. <laughs> they have the show that we went to, uh, every single song from that show, and they also have a lot of live pumpkins and pumpkins-related shows on there. I actually found my, the first concert I went to in 96 during Melancholy and then also the 2000 show I went to during the Machina tour. And it's really cool. So if you want to check out any of those live shows, you can find it on archive.org. Uh, you can even find the show that we went to on there as well. Anyway, that was my mistake. 
So another thing I thought would be fun is to recommend some other stuff that I'm listening to, stuff that I'm really enjoying. Uh, so uh, first off, we have Ringo Death Star. Some of you might know that name because they opened for the Pumpkins in 2011. And if you're really into shoegaze, I highly, highly recommend this band. They're one of my favorite bands from Texas, where I'm originally from. Uh, but their name is Ringo Death Star, and they just released a self-titled album, and it is excellent. Um, one of my other favorite bands from the 90s that reunited in the late aughts is the band Failure. They just released their first three albums. They re-released it and remastered it, and it sounds incredible. The album Fantastic Planet is one of my favorite albums of all time. I noticed some of you on the Instas uh, have posted about Failure too, so I know there's some overlap there, but uh, really excellent remasterings. Uh, I highly recommend you listen to Fantastic Planet with some headphones on. Uh, another Space Song is one of the greatest songs ever, I think. A newer band, I say newer, but they've been around for a few years, is a band called Mama, M-O-M-M-A. And uh, we had posted about them on our stories. One of their members had worn a Zero shirt in a music video they had. And uh, they've released three singles from their upcoming album that's coming out in June. And man, they sound great. They're really bringing back that 90s sound. There's a group of younger kids, like this generation of teenagers and kids in their early 20s that are bringing this sound back that sound amazing. And uh, this is one of those bands, Mama, M-O-M-M-A. I highly recommend them. Uh, then some uh, old schoolers with new stuff out. New Fiona Apple. Incredible. I love it. I move with the trees in the breeze. I know the time is elastic. And I know when I go, all my particles disband and disperse. And I'll be back in the pulse. Uh, New Local H, their album Lifers, one of the best rock and roll bands that you can see live, I think. Uh, also, Chicago-based. Then a post-hardcore band, uh, Shiner, has a new album out after almost 20 years uh, called uh, Schadenfreude. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. I always see that, Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude, Sch Schadenfreude. Anyway, 
they, that's the name of the album. You can check it out. Uh, it sounds really great. After 20 years, they still sound amazing. If you're into post-hardcore stuff, I highly recommend that. Or if you're even into the band Failure, because there is some association there. So those are the things that I'm listening to other than pumpkins. But now it is time for my pumpkin pick of the week. So uh, something I've really been into is the live track of Gossamer. So some of you might be familiar with the track Gossamer. It hasn't been... Or maybe it has been recorded, I don't know, but it wasn't released. But if you watch the uh, Fillmore show uh, that they recorded, uh, part of the residency, uh, that uh, if everything goes wrong, uh, if you watch the full concert, the version that's on there that's about 30-ish minutes long, you can find it on YouTube. But uh, if you got the time to sit with it and really listen and watch it, it's incredible. I'm one of the fans who really loves the long epics, and I'll be honest with you, at the time of this concert, I guess 2007 during the Zeitgeist era, I didn't really dig it at the time whenever they go into these long jams, and as it's very, uh, very apparently covered in the If All Goes Wrong documentary that other people were, or maybe they kind of oversold that fact that people were bored and stuff, I don't quite believe that so much, but um, I don't know, you know, the older I get, the more I'm into these these epics. I, mean, I, was, I was always into Silverfuck and, and a lot of these other uh, longer jams they'd go into, but uh, I don't know, at the time it just kind of escaped my radar, but now, man, it is so fucking good. That bass line, uh, the, the way that it gets to the, um, the organ solo, it's, it's all good. So yeah, Gossamer, live at the Fillmore. 2007. I highly recommend it. Check it out. It's on YouTube. And uh, yeah, that's my pumpkin pick of the week. Alright, now we're going to do a preview of the next show. We have a special guest for this next show. It's Lauren Adams. You may have seen her on The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Modern Family, and Drunk History. She's a friend of ours, and she's coming on the show to talk about her memory of the release of Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness in her Catholic Confirmation Retreat. It's a real fun conversation, and I think you're going to like it. Then uh, we have a second part to the episode, which is we start to tackle the pre-guest demo cassettes, and we kick it off with commentary for Nothing Ever Changes. And now it sounds very Faith Era Cure. Very gothy. I love, by the way, that Florida was such a goth hub. Oh, yeah. Uh, huge right. goth And hub. I guess it maybe still is. I have no idea. Yeah, there's like, well, there's a huge goth and metal scene that was in Florida or is yeah. in Florida. 
And a lot of like kind of like the new metal stuff kind of sprung out of Florida. It's so funny. Really. So what better place than Florida? What better place to be God than Florida? Yeah, so because just wearing it's all black and just the humid right. heat. <laughs> there used to be, and I don't really like you know this kind of old Vice style uh, form of like looking at pictures to make fun of people. But there used to be a blog called Goth and Hot Weather that was very oh, fun. Yeah. It was just. That was me. Just that. It was <laughs> just people with leather uh, chaps and stri- just very hot-looking things in, you know, like uh, Disney World-like setting. Just the amount of sweat that happens in uh, leather pants, black right. leather pants. In, in, in temperate climates, <laughs> let alone, let alone. a very hot humid place. In future episodes, we'll cover the other two demos, self-titled and moon demo. Then we tackle the pre-Gish official singles and recordings, and then we'll tackle Gish. And then we, from there, we're going to do the the major releases, and then go back and do any of the uh, the more rare stuff or the B sides and stuff like that. Yeah, and just because, like I said, we we had already banked some of these episodes, and others we had to record remotely, so we had to figure that out. You know, because the pandemic and the family stuff kind of had us scrambling to do that. But we're on track for at least bi-weekly full episodes through June. So yeah, that is the preview for our episode next week. Just a reminder that you can hit us up on Twitter at Pumpkins Podcast, on Instagram at Smashing Pumpcast KST, or you can email us the Smashing Pumpcast as Caspel KST at gmail.com. Reach out to us, let us know, share your stories, uh, let us know what you think of the podcast. Uh, we love to hear from you. So that wraps up our bonus mini episode. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. And until then, farewell and good night.